0: Hey, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Thanks for listening and supporting us. Um, we used to count down to Election Day. Alex, we're 59 days till Inauguration Day when we can finally start calling President-Elect Joe Biden, President
1: Joe Biden. Now, how does that sound? You know, it finally a countdown that doesn't make me want to, you know, throw my computer off my balcony, right? That sounds pretty good. So, we should get right into it. We have a, a big fight in Georgia to talk about, but we had a really good listener question this week, uh, actually via email, which if anyone wants to, you can submit them to show at gmail.com. thought it was a really good thing to kind of lead into what we're talking about today. So this is from Deb S., who emailed, uh, love your podcast and have a question for it. Thanks, Deb. Uh, Doug Jones said something this week to the effect of the DSCC doesn't invest in communities, it invests in candidates based on the Senate and House election results for Democrats' successes in Arizona and Georgia, is a better use of political contributions to grassroots organizing movements such as Fair Fight rather than to political candidate campaigns and the DNC, DSCC, DCCC. So I think she's looking for what is the best use of our money right now, Joe?
0: Well, one, it's a good question. Look, the committees all have uh, important roles and uh, at various times they, they are important players. But uh, Doug Jones is right. Um, uh, they they don't do like the long haul kind of building um, that Stacey Abrams did in Georgia that got us to the point where you could we could turn the state blue and and force two two senators into into a runoff. Um, and so. Look, I think right now, in terms of Georgia, yes, give to the the two candidates and to to Fair Fight. Um, uh, that's really important. Those three g- groups. I mean, those that's where the money should go. Um, that doesn't mean that the the Democratic committees won't be involved. I just think it's it's far more in- effective. And let me get into that. Like from a campaign manager's p- point of view, uh, if I'm running those campaigns or running the ground operation in in uh, in Georgia, it's better for us to have control over it and be able, as a manager. I mean, if you're in the OSF campaign, um, you know, if you have the five hundred thousand dollars that gets raised uh, where they have to the say they know where they want their candidate to be, they know what um, their message is. That gets diluted sometimes if it goes to some other outside committee, an IE or even a party committee, because they're not necessarily going to do what the campaign manager and even the candidate wanted to do uh, in in the race, Uh, basically because they're not living and eating it every day and and, and sweating it out in the same way. Um, So I think in this election, particularly in Georgia, you should uh, give to the candidates and to... To like Stacey Abrams and her group, Fair Fight, and, and and those kinds of operations, they look they did a stellar job. They got out a record turnout. Let them, they know what they're doing. After this, the, what happens is the who's investing uh, now in the places we have to win in 2022, um, where we don't have a candidate yet. Uh, in some of these places but let me just list off a couple of them like you, you we we know for for example uh that Mark Kelly's going to be up for re in Arizona in 2022 that's going to be a hard-fought race what are we doing now to register more voters in Arizona for for example is that the Kelly campaign is there a Stacey Abrams like group in Arizona that you could be uh, that all of us could help uh start building th- there now but look at the North Carolina has a Senate seat up in 2022. Um, what are we doing now to register voters and and start engaging people uh, around a, a potential Senate fight in North Carolina? The same in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. There are, look at those kinds of places and start looking. Is there a Stacey Abrams type group there that's actively involved? Is the state party doing things? Um, that's where I think we've got to start right. January 6th. That's where we all have to start focusing. And we'll talk more about that later in the show. So, I mean, look, there's lots of reasons to give to the candidates and the, um, and, and of groups like Stacey Abrams fair fight. But the, the one, uh, other advantage by giving directly to the candidate is they have a reduced rate that they pay for, for buying television time and a lot of things. Uh, you know, a, a, a Campaign committee, I mean, a, a party committee uh, or any outside committee uh, has to pay a much higher rate for the same uh, the same amount of time to reach voters. Uh, and I think uh, Alex, you were telling me before that uh, in Atlanta right now, uh, a, an outside committee uh, ends up having to pay like fifteen hundred dollars uh, for a point of television, whereas a candidate pays about half that rate. So it's actually much more efficient um, to give your money directly to the candidates in this race uh, than one of the outside committees, unless it's something that's working on the ground. Look, I think Georgia is going to be a turnout election. We're about to talk about that. It's a turnout election. I don't think it's going to be a persuasion election. Um, And in that sense, every dollar that you give to somebody who's working to actively turn out the vote is the right place to put your money.
1: So dovetailing from what we were just talking about, Joe, you may have heard there's a couple runoffs coming up in Georgia. We thought we were done with this, but we're clearly not. Uh, I think there's actually four statewide races, but the two that everybody is focused on are both Senate seats. You know, we've talked about this a lot before, but I'm curious what you make of any of the latest polling that's come out. Obviously both races are close, but I mean, who cares about the polls anyway, right?
0: Well, look, the polls may not matter. Um, but the few polls that we have seen show that there um, uh, is, seems to be less energy on the Republican side uh, uh, in terms of uh, motivation to vote. So uh, that's helpful. Look, uh, look, it's great that we're in runoffs in Georgia. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We, this investment of time, energy and effort uh, by a lot of people in Georgia over several years has paid off. It paid off in a, a record turnout that, that handed uh, Joe Biden a big victory, a big uh, switch state, uh, and forced a runoff against two incumbent senators. Um, and we have a real shot at, at winning them, I think. Um, because, I, I mean, one of the things I think that's going on here when you look at intensity, that organization that Stacey Abrams and so many others in Georgia have been building all this time, it worked. It turned out those voters. Um, What turned out the Republican voters? Well, I don't think any of those voters turned out uh, for Purdue or Loeffler. I think we we all know what happened. Um, The the turnout, particularly in rural areas that we didn't that I didn't see coming but happened was Trump turnout. Um, Trump supporters turning out. Um, giving him the second most votes of anybody in history for president of the United States, as disturbing as that may be, but it happened. But are those, he's not on the ballot uh, on January 5th and January 5th is not a day everybody knows they're supposed to vote. Just as it reminds me a lot of, of Doug Jones on December 12th of 2017, um, that that, there's no way either side is going to replicate uh, you know, get 100 percent of the vote. It turned out on November 3rd in a full-blown presidential election. Um, that's not going to happen. There's going to be some drop off. Um, I don't see um, that. I think there's a lot of energy on the Democratic side. Um, the organization has been built and been building for years and is in place and just pulled off this euphoric victory. Uh, so I think they've got a lot of uh, of energy there that's continuing. Uh, And at the same time, then you look at the Republican side and realize, well, who's going to, who's going to turn that vote out. It, 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 when it was Donald Trump being on the ballot that, that got people to come out on November 3rd, um, he's the, the senators are attacking the Republican secretary of state because he's either incompetent or he wasn't able to stop the fraud and corruption um, that now, Uh, you know, it's been a hand recount is going to say nothing changed. Um, You have Newsmax uh, anchor today talking about the need to start a MAGA party because the Republican Party just isn't up uh, and courageous enough uh, to fight for Trump. So you have these schisms that are happening on the Republican side. And let's face it, Purdue and Loeffler are two lousy, candidates. I mean they're just they're just not really strong candidates. So, um uh the the thing there is can they are people going to turn out for them the way they turned out for Trump on November 3rd? I think there's likely to be a drop off there. Um and so I think for a lot of different reasons um I think that uh we have a we have a a much better chance at winning both those Senate seats uh than then the pundits and the, um, and, you know, and the people who are kind of knee jerk, oh, it's Georgia. There's no way. Yeah, well, they said that about Alabama on, on December 12th, too. Um, and I think Georgia could be another one of those kinds of situations.
1: I realize I haven't really checked in with you much after the election. Are are you OK? Are you watching Newsmax? Like, is everything OK over there? or <laughs>
0: No, but I can. I I do see stuff on Twitter and then I check it out. Uh, and that actually happened. Newsmax actually. I can't remember who the, which anchor it was. Uh, but they're, yeah, out it was there, wild. they're out there. They're uh, out uh, there. You know, one, they're trying to win Trump viewers over. But hey, if you're a Trump viewer of Newsmax in um, Georgia and you're being told, hey, we need to start our own party because Republicans suck. I'm not sure that gets you up to go vote <laughs> on January. Yeah, 5th. Doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, help left. Doesn't help. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. And and look, there we're talking about like Trump voters, if, if you were with Trump because you wanted to drain the swamp and you legitimately that's why you hung through with him through all this. Um, and you want to drain the swamp. Are there any two better poster kids for, for the swamp for the swamp? then Loeffler and Purdue and their insider trading and all the garbage that they've I mean it, it, that they it just just they are swamp creatures. So I just think there's a lot of reasons to think that um the the voters that are going to be conflicted or or depressed and maybe just depressed because Trump lost uh, as that becomes more clear, do they do they have that same energy to come out and vote like they did on November 3rd? Like I said, I understand why Democrats feel euphoria in Georgia about what they pulled off, and let's go do it again. I'm not sure Republicans who who saw their president lose, who came out for him, who are being told the vote is, is fraudulent, um, you can't count on it, they won't even count your vote. Why, you know, it just seems to me... There's some conflicting cross-pressure there that may cause uh, their voters to, to stay home. Much like, by the way, he did when he told them to not vote by mail because mail was fraudulent. You know, OK, so guess what happened? Democrats voted by mail. It was easier. Um, you see in some of these states, and I think it was Georgia, where uh, 24,000 less uh, fewer voters voted by mail for Trump. Then voted in 2016 by mail for Trump. So again, that's that could just right there it could be the margin, uh, right? Uh, that, and how he lost. So I think a lot of those those kind of question marks are on the Republican side. Um, and I think uh, again, it's kind of crazy because the Republican, the governor's Republican, the Secretary of State's Republican, the in, the Repu- the the election. Uh, director's Republican, yet um, you can't, you know, don't count on it because they're corrupt and they're, it's all fraud. Uh, and it's kind of this Republican, you, you know, against Republican kind of fight going on where the two senators called on the secretary of state to resign. Uh, I just I just think there are reasons to think there's turbulence on the Republican side that's going to end in dimin- more diminished um turnout. I mean I put it this way. If if one party's gonna get replicate its turnout 80% and one's gonna do seventy five percent, right now I'd make the bet that the seventy five percent, you know the party that can only get seventy five percent of what happened on November third to happen is the Republican Party and the party that's gonna give you told me those were the two numbers. Right. I yeah. bet more on Democrats being able to pull off their eighty. So we'll see. And maybe well, higher than that. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there'll be even a bigger turnout. But I, I still think even in that instance, it'll be Democrats have a powerful uh, organization structure in place.
1: And I I don't think have haven't have missed a beat. Um, well, let's let's talk about the wild card here, because there were some Democrats that had some pretty good pretty good structures in place this year. And Trump was a turnout machine. So what is his calculus about how he's going in and deciding whether he's going to do anything or not? That seems to be kind of the big thing hanging over this.
0: Well, I mean, first of all, um, it was the Trump that turned out this vote. Um, one, two, I, as I've said, I think the last podcast, maybe the one before that, I think this is the whole reason, uh, McConnell and the, uh, Senators in the GOP haven't called President-elect uh, Biden, President-elect, why they haven't asked called on Trump to concede. Because they can't possibly, they know they're not going to replicate that turnout on the, who's going to turn out for Mitch McConnell or Purdue or Loeffler at the same numbers. I'm sure per people are going to turn out, but not that big oomph that happened. That big oomph that happened was for Trump. Like it or not, that's where where it came from. So they're not going to they're not going to tell him to concede and then and then ask and then hope he'll go down there. That's I think that's the whole reason. I don't think this is about fear. I think this is about craving, putting your own power grab uh in front of everything else including the country uh because Mitch McConnell wants to be wants loves his power as being the majority leader. So that's that's the first thing I think that's going on. But the second piece of this is um I'm not even sure they're, little, they're playing him, but I'm not sure that's going to work. Because if you look at it from Trump's perspective, he, he lost the presidency. Um, he's, gonna lose, he's lost literally every court case but one. Uh, it looks like that's going to keep being a loser. He's going to lose all these recounts that he's trying to create. Um, and then on top of it, go back to a state he lost, Georgia, to work for two, I mean, to to try to get people to turn out for two really lousy candidates. And the end of that could be Republicans lose both seats. Um, Look, his ego's, you know, uh, big enough that he could, I can't lose Georgia. Uh, I'll go down there. Uh, I mean, I could see that. But I think, you know, if you were advising him, uh, and he doesn't take advice anyway, but if you're advising him, he'd say, don't do it. Let them stand or swim on their own. Um, why are you going to take a loss for those swamp creatures uh, and get it blamed on you? Uh, let them. You know that's where I think that's that's what how I would look at it if I was giving you advice. But who knows? Um, and if he does go down, trust me, he's going to turn out a hell of a lot of Democrats too. So we'll see.
1: Joe switching from Georgia to, to the transition. It it's kind of amusing is not the right word, but watching Trump and his people slowly, slowly grapple with kind of losing to Biden, there is kind of a big issue about what exactly the government's supposed to be doing right now. Uh, Most administrations help transition power. I mean, you think of the Bush letter to Obama that was really heartwarming and seems like it's from a different country at this point. It, it, it's not happening right now. And, and Biden said this week that more people are going to die if the tra- from COVID if the transition doesn't move forward faster. So what should he be doing right now to kind of take on this stonewalling from Trump?
0: He's doing exactly what he should do. Uh, he's being uh, the president-elect, uh, showing people what a president uh, what president would be like uh, on January you know 20th uh and I don't think there's a whole lot more I, I think these sort of situation room kind of um uh virtual events that he's been doing uh like today uh, yesterday excuse me uh with the governors and working through with them uh, sort of covid policy uh I think is exactly what he he should do uh uh he didn't uh, also yesterday say that uh, I think Ron Klein said uh, that the uh, uh, something I've been waiting for because I, I thought they should get to cabinet positions um, sooner because uh, uh, I think again it shows a, a, a government you know in in waiting. Um, Ron Klain said yesterday that uh, we could expect the first uh, uh, announcement of a cabinet position, the Treasury Secretary, either right before or right after Thanksgiving, and then they would start. Uh, 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 building out the cabinet with, with announcements. So I think that's the most important thing right now. The rest of this is going to play itself out. I mean, these States will certify the recounts will happen. Uh, the, there's it, no recount is going to change, uh, the votes, uh, uh, they'll change votes uh, a few hundred here, a hundred there, but nothing significant. Uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan next week. Yeah, they'll, they'll, those will all happen. And then, um, uh, and then the uh, Electoral College uh, will, will vote. He, he's not, look, there's a whole, not a whole lot he can change uh, as the president-elect uh, in this circumstance. I mean, the fact is, if, um, if uh, uh, Trump uh, announces tomorrow, orders the, the military to pull out of Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and Germany, completely, every one of them. Uh, pull every troop out. It's a lawful order. He is the president of the United States. We only have one at a time. Biden has been doing a very good job of not crossing that line, um, particularly uh, given how President-elect Trump had clearly blurry, uh, uh that line all all over the place. Uh, one of the things that the, you know the Trump people are saying is that their whole their whole one of their the, their goals right now is to create as many fires out there as they possibly can before Trump leaves office so that when Biden gets there, there's so many he has to put out that he can't keep up with them, um, that he's always sort of lagging behind. Unfortunately, one of those fires is the damn coronavirus with over 250,000 dead, uh, with another projected, you know, going to be, you know, three, 400,000 by the time the inauguration happens. Um, it's just reckless, irresponsible, Craven, you can put every kind of name we want to it, but but Donald Trump is the president of the United States.
1: He has the power to do this insanity. One of the things that Biden has said basically since he announced was that he can work with McConnell, he can work with Republicans and actually get things through the Senate, who, by the way, still hasn't passed another COVID package and obviously probably won't. They can't even agree on wearing masks in the chamber. I don't know if you saw that back and forth this week, despite Chuck Grassley getting COVID. Hope he feels better. Does Biden really have a shot at working with this Senate? I've always thought Joe Biden was the right person for this moment for us to nominate
0: and to Elect as president because I do think he can um, knows how to finagle two votes here, three votes there from the other side. Uh, that's what he did for the Obama administration when the, when President Obama needed uh, help to pull some Republican votes over. Uh, and I think that he's got the capability to do that. I think he'll pick a cabinet that helps him do that. Uh, that you'll you'll have members of his cabinet who have strong relations. Bipartisan relations in the Senate The Senate is He's an institutionalist, Biden is uh, I know a lot of Democrats Didn't, didn't want to uh, Nominate a, an institutionalist Or somebody in, uh, Who was pragmatic uh, And was willing to work with both sides But that's who Biden is I think he'll appoint a cabinet uh, And have People in his administration With that pedigree um, Because he has to Because if he wants to get anything done, uh, even if we win both seats in in Georgia, uh, you know, every vote he's going to have to win by what, you know, it'll be Kamala Harris breaking the tie. And if you have any Democrat defect at all, um, you better pick up a a, a Susan Collins or a Murkowski or a Romney. Uh, And I do think there are three or four Republicans who are uh interested in finding some common ground and getting things done at romney being one of them for sure so i think um there's a good chance that biden has the exactly what we need to get the two votes the three votes here uh on on you know to improve healthcare you're not going to get a, a big bold healthcare plan um it with this maybe in 2022 uh if we win georgia And we then start picking off some of these seats uh, that are coming up. uh, You you start building power, but we—that's where I think, given with the situation in the Senate, given that throughout Obama, throughout Trump, really nothing happened in the Senate, nothing got done. So we had two executive uh, EO, you know, executive orders, presidents for the most part. Um, uh, You know, we're going to have another one unless. Joe Biden can work his magic uh, and pull on very important issues, pull two or three Republicans over to make, yes, some incremental improvements. um, And they'd only get bolder as we win more House seats and more Senate seats
1: as his administration continues. Joe, you talked earlier about how the GOP has a pretty serious problem on its hands with Donald Trump either on the sidelines or not, and that'll play out as it plays out. Uh, a lot of people are also concerned that the Democrats are a mess. No, no surprise there. Uh, who'd you say is more in trouble right now, and what should we do about it?
0: Well, look, they're both in trouble, and Trump's not going to go away, and he's going to wreak havoc on the uh, uh, in the Republican Party and keep it sort of, you know, where it's at because you can't, they, they won't be able. to Uh, to move. Anybody who does work with Biden, I'm sure Trump will be attacking and they'll be worried about being primaried and all that kind of stuff is going to happen. I think the most important decision um, that Biden may make is who he appoints as DNC chairman uh, of the Democratic Party. Um, Because I think we are in a really difficult place. Um, The party has to get uh, we didn't until very recently start getting folk, real focus on legislative seats. Um, and it's because we we only started to do that where the Republicans had a plan, a multi-decade plan to win legislatures that we never really responded to. Um, there were some people out there working diligently to respond to it, but not getting money. Our party, our donors, all are focused on federal races, president, senator, uh, Congress, uh, and we just never really fully funded an assault on legislatures. But what that does, the Republicans have the legislatures; they draw the congressional lines after reapportionment. That's guess what? They just got the right to do it again in most places, um, and the, we're going to lose seats. Uh, places like California and New York are losing seats to 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 Montana. You know. North Carolina, Arizona, Texas. So um, the elect, and and with that goes the electoral college, the more uh, 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 it's how many House seats and the two Senate seats added together is how many electoral college votes a state gets. So New York and California are going to lose electoral votes. Uh, Montana, uh, Arizona, North Carolina are going to gain them. Um, That's not good news for democrats unless we who you know when we're winning cities big uh winning suburbs but the more exurban you get and the more rural you get and the more they're able to draw the lines to include enough of those areas to make a, a seat safe for themselves or a democratic seat marginal they're going to do that uh and so i think look i think um it, it, to answer your question i think um it's real important that Democrats understand how tough the next 2 and 4 years are going to be. It's not Joe Biden won, great, they've got the will. No, this is in your if look at the states that are coming up, if you can if you can volunteer uh in a state where we have a senate seat coming up in 22, if you can give money to a Stacey Abrams fair fight kind of group or a state party. Uh, that That's building, not just sitting there wasting money, but actually has an organizational uh, plan in place or or start create your own organization. I mean, literally start to build in these. We need a ground up party that's building in these in these states uh, and in these congressional districts, because otherwise we're likely to lose the House in 2022 and, and squander another, you know, literally spend another uh, forget about all your bold ideas. It doesn't matter if you got a moderate idea or, or a progressive idea. Um, right. None of them are going to happen. None of them are going to happen. Exactly. And that's why I think we're at a, we're in a look, the, the Republicans sort of benefit. So when you ask who's, who's in trouble, look, both parties have their problems, but the demo but Republicans kind of benefit from, so from gridlock, right? I mean, they don't want any ideas passed. So, uh, uh, and we're going to be literally either by, you know, uh, Kamala Pat- being able to break uh, a, a tie or them having a narrow an major- easy way for them to use the Senate just to block and gridlock and stop everything either way uh, or, or constantly throwing barriers up and also stalling out how, inc- you know, they'll, they'll have a lot of impact on how incremental or how bold an idea gets passed, right? I mean, when you're sitting down and you need one more Republican vote to pull it over. And that Republican senator says, yeah, I'll vote for it, but only for 20 percent of what you're asking for to get that one vote. You may have to settle for 20 percent. So it, it's more about us understanding we can have our squabbles about bold progressives and and, you know, status quo moderates. Uh, But that's a really a kind of a fake fight in a lot of ways, because neither one of them are going to be able to get anything done unless we start winning. Um, And look, when you look at uh, the 2022 and the House, you know, it's just a fact. Um, The sitting president loses seats in the first midterm. Uh, That's been the case I think the last one to avoid that was George uh, uh, W. Bush after 9/11, in the you know sort of the way the country pulled together, they actually gained seats. The only other one is uh, Clinton gained a few, but the fact is that from FDR to today, if, except for those very two minor small exceptions, no president has gained seats. In their first midterm, and every president but those two, except going back to FDR, lost seats. Now there are things that factors can happen. Uh, the vaccine hits. Um, uh, Biden does an excellent job on COVID. The economy starts to come back, and we've and we've built. We've actually looked at the seats. We've actually all of us have started to figure out how who who in that North Carolina congressional district. Uh, can we can we recruit that we can get behind? What are we doing now to register voters in North Carolina post January sixth? We cannot rest on January sixth. January sixth, we start looking at these places, um, going for organizing North Carolina, uh, Georgia, uh, Arizona, places where that are s- these swing battlegrounds where we need to pick up House seats and we can either defend a sitting. Senate seat like Mark Kelly's, or pick up uh, Burr's uh, Senate seat in North Carolina, um, particularly if he doesn't run for reelection, which is possible. So there's there's things like that. I think we just have, and that's why I think a, a, a real strategist, um, as DNC chair, who understands this stuff. Um, or uh, the right chair with the right strategic team underneath them may be one of the most important things that, uh, uh, aside from cabinet positions and, and filling out his government, may be the important, most important political decision that Joe Biden makes. A lot of people started to do the right things um, in in uh, the 2016 election. Um, You know, going after legislative, putting money and time and effort into legislative races more than usual, more than we usually do. Um, uh, Focusing on on how to uh, help Stacey Abrams build in uh, in Georgia, for example. And Tom Perez uh, did a great job of that. But now uh, what our party tends to do, uh, it's like Obama and Obama won. Great. We go into euphoria. uh, What a great country. And we step back and they got this. Well, uh, it turns out uh, no, nobody's got this. We're under real threat. Uh, our democracy's under real threat still. Trump's not going away. We all have to, we cannot, us, I'm talking about us, we cannot let up. Uh, we must um, look at this much more strategically forget about our differences and really figure out where we're going to fight in 2022 and start fighting now and i think a you know again assuming uh, tom perez is going to go somewhere else in the administration uh and i certainly hope he will uh he deserves it the there will be a new dnc chair and i think again who that is the staff structure underneath them is the, the strategic thinking uh, that goes into that and the signals they send uh, about what the rest of us should or could do uh, it, it is real important for Biden to, to set up. Uh, aside from that, don't wait for them. Uh, in your state, is there a district that was marginal this time that we missed, uh, that we, you know, we lost cl- uh, by a close margin? Fine. How do we start organizing in that district and make it, you know, the other way around? And remember, the other thing that's going to happen is Trump will not be on the ballot in 2022. Um, And so we saw in 2018 when he wasn't on the ballot, what happened? We picked up a lot of seats. So maybe we can make this one the anomaly. Maybe Joe Biden can be the third president to actually gain seats in a midterm, in the first midterm. That would be a great... That's what we need to start working for. And we need to all start working for that today. And the same in these swing states where we may pick up a senator. We've got to build. If we do get Georgia, we got to build on that majority. Um, And I look, I think this is like a very important thing for all of us to get. Moderates, progressives, forget about it. None of our ideas are going to go anywhere with with McConnell as, as majority leader. First job, get rid of him. Then... We're still going to have to have incremental improvement because we're going to have to gain one or two Republicans to get it passed. The only way we get anything real done is to build these majorities, to build on Joe Biden's win, to build on what Stacey Abrams and others have been building and to replicate it in other places around the country and not 10 years from now. Look at another redistricting controlled by the Republicans who who gain by just keeping everything close and making sure we don't have the votes to get anything real passed. And it's just, you know, president by executive order versus another president who just undoes those executive orders and issues new ones. Um, If we're gonna get back to democracy, we're gonna have to build it from the ground up. thanks for listening to that trippy show uh, a reminder if you have a question please submit it in iTunes in the review section um, and you know help uh, by giving us a rating there if you if you stop by um, I keep saying like thousands of you listen to this um, it'd be great to get that feedback and, and get a rating from you um, you can also email us a question at that trippy show at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Trippy, And you can follow Alex at at Shash Browns uh, on Twitter as well. And uh, we're going to keep doing this. Next week is Thanksgiving week. We haven't figured that one out yet. We may do an early show Tuesday or something, or we may skip the week. But uh, we'll let you know. Uh, Look for us. Uh, We'll try to do something.